0: I'm going to invite my wife, Kyla, to come and join us, join me. When we got ready to go, uh, or when we were talking with our church board about going on this sabbatical, they came and they said to me, uh, you can go, James, but we're not sure about Kyla. But uh, thank the Lord, ultimately, they allowed me to... Uh, Take her along with us on this great trip, and we had a a super time. Um, Scroll that back to the top if you can. Did you already?
1: That was the mystery one. Yeah.
0: Know where that's? There you go. Um, We had a uh, we had a great time, and we're thankful for the chance to to share with you a little bit this morning. This was from an article. In the New York Times Magazine, New York Times paper, this, uh, actually a couple weeks ago, August 1st, that I'm not going to read the whole article, but just a couple of findings here. The findings have surfaced with ominous regularity over the last few years and with little notice. Members of the clergy, those are pastors if you don't know what that word means, now suffer from obesity. Can't you tell? Hypertension and depression at rates higher than most Americans. In the last decade, their use of antidepressants has risen, while their life expectancy has fallen. Can all the pastors say amen? Amen. No. Many would change jobs if they could. Public health experts who have led the studies caution that there is no simple explanation of why so many members of a profession, once associated with rosy cheeked longevity, have become so unhealthy and unhappy. And I want to read this part. In May, the Clergy Health Initiative, a seven-year study that Duke University began in 2007, published the first results of a continuing survey of about 1,700 Methodist ministers in North Carolina. Compared with neighbors in their census tracts, the ministers reported significantly higher rates of arthritis diabetes high blood pressure and asthma obesity again was 10% more prevalent in the clergy group these statistics are not encouraging are they they're uh, a little bit discouraging to those of us in this line of work this profession this calling but with these statistics or these studies before us and reading them at the end of our sabbatical makes us even more grateful, even more thankful that we've had this opportunity really over the last eight weeks to take some time away, to be on a sabbatical, a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath rest that really all of us are commanded to uh, obey and respond to in scripture. And uh, we just took a little bit longer one, perhaps, but uh, what an opportunity. And so right from the start, we want to say, again, a huge thank you, thank you to you, to our church board, to the leaders, and to everyone who made it possible for us to be away over these last several weeks. That, that's huge. And, and after being here for 13 years, it's hard to believe. I still sometimes feel like a 13-year-old. But after being here as pastors for 13 years, we are so thankful for this I think some real foresight that, that we pray will give us the opportunity as the Lord leads to do this again for another 13 years. And who knows how far on beyond that. So we're very thankful and, and we recognize I wanted to read that because I wanted you to recognize that this is not something that we're just kind of doing just because it sounds fun, but because this is something that that is a significant issue in the lives of clergy around our country and the world and potentially though the obesity thing hasn't kicked in yet uh... that that you know even in the lives of our family so a lot of lot of thanks uh... to you for that sabbatical reflections and i want kylie just to start by reading uh... some scripture for us this morning that we hope will kind of uh... kind of sustain this whole talk this morning
1: so if you have your bibles i'm going to be reading from psalm thirty seven if everyone can please stand it'll be also up on the screen Um, But we're going to read the first seven verses this morning of Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. One more. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their evil ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Thanks be to God. Okay. All right, as you are having a seat, um, we just kind of wanted to share this scripture um, as, as we thought about what we wanted to get out of our time away. Um, really, the four commands in there of trust in the Lord kind of came as we set out on this eight-week adventure, just trusting, not knowing. I mean, we kind of had a rough idea where we were going, but trusting really the Lord both for us and for those who remained here. Um, delighting yourself. You're going to see some pictures today. We definitely delighted um, in relationships, in the people around us, in, the, um, in our family, in the surrounding, the settings, the beautiful um, beauty of God's creation. Those were all things that we delighted in. <clears throat> um, commit was a huge one for me because I like to plan everything out very well. And this was kind of a summer of we knew the big plans, but the commitment of the day in and day out and what we're going to do um, committing those plans to the Lord, and he carried us through. And then the last one, being still. Um, we had plenty of time to just sit still and not think about, okay, what do I need to do next, and what's due, and when does that have to be done, and who needs to do it, but just really a chance to be still. Sometimes those stillness came for me in the midst of what may not seem as stillness, um, like ziplining through the canopy, but there was still a stillness that okay this is all I have to do right now Um, and other times of just literally sitting still and doing nothing so those are the four points.
0: And there were really four objectives that we kind of had in mind as we headed into this time and we really want to just kind of share those four objectives and those themes as they kind of emerged and and we'll show you some pictures to go along with that as as this kind of came about. So the first real objective of our time away was to retool ourselves for ministry. Um, Every uh, mechanic, every carpenter, every person who works with tools knows that from time to time they need to either get some new tools or uh, sharpen the ones that they have and care for those. And and we recognize the very same thing in ministry, that uh, we have a toolbox in essence. And And we wanted to make sure that our time away, that at least a part of our time away was used in in retooling ourselves, caring for the tools that we already have, and in adding some new tools uh, in terms of our ministry opportunities. And so one of those ministry tools was speaking in Spanish, and uh, we recognized from my side of things that that, that in our community and, and in California more and more, it's, it helps you if you can speak Spanish. And in terms of, of advancing in ministry and sharing with people and having conversations with folks, not, not uh, to mention the possibility of initiating Spanish ministry in our community and through our church, we just recognized it was significant, as I'd studied for some years in high school, to retool that uh, that. that Skill and that gift, hopefully. So here I am in my Spanish class, and, and uh, I was one of two students in my class. We were at a, at, at a program in San Jose, Costa Rica that's run through the Nazarene Seminary there, and uh, my teacher's name was Sadie, and she's from Costa Rica. She doesn't speak much English. So we had a great time for two weeks. Uh, my classmate is a guy named Chad, he's actually from Southern California, worked at Point Loma. But he was actually gone the second week. He had to fly home for a funeral. And so for one week, it was mano y mano. It was Sadie, yo. And we were just going after it for a, a good week. We had a great time together. And uh, again, if you speak Spanish, then I just want to encourage you to speak to me as much as you possibly can or would like to uh, in, to me in Spanish. I may not have a clue what you're saying. And I may respond completely inappropriately or wrongly. But feel free, and and the other thing is, feel free to correct me and to teach me. And if there's things that you think I ought to learn or ought to know, then I'd love to learn from you as well and continue this learning process. Here's Kyla in her class.
1: Um, I spent my class, um, the teacher there, um, Gabby, has taught Spanish as a second language for over 20 years. So she was well prepared for those of us who know nothing. I went in with three years of French and so, you know, that really does, it. as James said before we left, I was the one who knew nothing and needed to learn the most. So we started from colors and days of the week to verb tenses and being able to go out to the farmer's market and finally ask quanta cuesta and be able to understand what they're, what they're saying and give them the right amount of money um, and ask for directions. So I got a lot in two weeks. I feel like I at least made a jump of that I understand. When I was there, I was amazed at how much I understood. I get back here and I go, Oh no, say, (laughs) but there, yeah, it was good. Um, The others with me, there was a husband and his wife. Um, They, he is the director of international board of education for the Church of the Nazarene, and here he is and his wife at 65 years old, deciding we still need to be learners we need to learn how to speak when we travel to the other international education sites around the world and so they were there and then the other lady that you can kind of see the top of her head she and her husband pastor in kansas city and they have a spanish population that she wants to be able to speak with so the four of us did a lot of role playing and standing up and doing all those silly intro to Spanish things that you do.
0: And why was Spanish important to you guys?
1: Um, Spanish is important. Obviously, we live here in Santa Barbara. The kids' um, school, El Camino, 75% um, Hispanic background. So being able to interact with parents more than saying this, <laughs> that was great. Even on Friday when we were there for our dolphin return when they posted the classroom listings, we were able to greet parents. and at least do a little intro that's
0: right yeah. and my teacher sadie reminded me a little bit of laura and Kyla's teacher gabby reminded me a whole lot of hilma so we <laughs> we were in, in good hands with familiar folks so great time in uh costa rica learn the spanish this is a picture of all of our the students there in the call program it's called it's call stands for christian academy of language and learning at the san jose uh at the seminary there uh, this is actually the seminary where Pastor Jake went to seminary, and, uh, you know, he did his whole master's degree in Spanish, so uh, that was pretty cool. And standing next to me is the, the kind of the president, the rector of the seminary, Ruben Fernandez, and we learned not only a lot of Spanish, but we learned a lot about the ministry, of the seminary there in Costa Rica, and, and as well, uh, on the same, sharing the same campus is the Central American region for the Church of the Nazarene. So we met a lot of the missionaries and different uh, regional workers there on the campus and you can see that we had just a great time there learning and sharpening that ministry tool. Um, When we came back...
1: We came back for a week of VBS um, and many people when they heard us going in and many people during the week of VBS saying, why are you coming back for sabbatical? Um, One of the strong components that they suggest during your sabbatical is to do a time of missions work where you are out doing what you love to do, proclaiming the gospel, sharing Jesus' love, and we love Vacation Bible School. So um, we did come back for a wedding, and so that was kind of part of it. We could have stayed another two weeks for the rest of the month-long language course, but we were back here, and I have to say this summer um, being part of Vacation Bible School just took on a new a new atmosphere, a new face. Many of you were here the Sunday afterwards, um, but with Krista Beard coming from Goleta Homework Club and her mentors and bringing all 24 students, um, it just kind of set a different... We immediately knew day one it was not something that we could do, but we needed to rely on God's strength. And so that whole week was just part of really retooling and experiencing that ministry.
0: After VBS, we were... uh, I had the privilege of going to... A conference called PALCON. It simply stands for Pastors and Leaders Conference, and it was that really creative name, isn't it? Pastors and Leaders Conference, PALCON. It was held at Point Loma. It's, it's a conference that the Church of the Nazarene puts on about every four to six years, and it's held at the regional universities. If you don't know, there's seven to eight Nazarene universities around the United States and Canada, and so every every four to six years, they'll have a conference for pastors and leaders at each of those regional sites. So I got to go and spend about three days there at Point Loma, and uh, you can't really quite read that, but rooted in missional passion, and so we listened to a lot of workshops and participated in a lot of conversations around three basic themes. One, uh, culture. What does ministry look like in the 21st century? What what does it mean to be a pastor? What does it mean to be a Christian leader in the kind of culture that we live in? We talked a lot about that. We also talked a lot about the character of a pastor, the character of a leader, and, and really thinking and sharing and talking a lot about the, the integrity of our hearts and how it all starts from the inside out, as we sang earlier today. And then the last one, the, this, this call, the compelling nature of holiness, this call not only to ministry on pastors, but this call to holy living, this call to being holy people that is upon not only pastors, but uh, really upon all of us. And so I had a great time. Kyla and the kids were able to come and join me the last day, and and be there for the worship service on that Wednesday night. We had a wonderful time at uh, PALCON. And Danny actually got to come down. Danny L.A.E.D., our pastor in carpentry, got to come down for one day and be a part of that. Jake was at high school camp that week, so he couldn't come. But it was a a great time of sharpening our tool.
1: Um, we also decided it was time for our kids to be a little retooled. They did learn some phrases in Spanish, so they're que horas and those things, and they recognize those. But we also thought with Katie going into the fourth grade that we needed to retool her for learning about the missions. So we went to the San, San Diego mission, and here's a picture of a statu- of them with a statue of Father Junipero Serra, who was the founder of San Diego, also the one up here in Santa Barbara, um, but they got to learn more about that, and that is actually how tall he is. And so we realized he was a little man with a big mission. And so we hope that our kids will be as well. Amen.
0: Uh, we had the chance to go to another conference, and this was in uh, down by Palm Springs. And the conference was put on by two of my friends from college. One was my roommate for two years in college, and the other is his brother. And so I knew these guys when they were 16 and 18, and now they're, they, they've both been principals of schools, uh, elementary and high school. And about three years ago, they, they left their jobs and began this organization called Turnaround Schools. And basically what they do is they go around encouraging and consulting with schools, especially kind of underperforming and low-performing schools, and use some of the things that they discovered while in their work as principals to help turn around those schools. And when you become a part of their network, you become what's known as a no-excuses university. And uh, while we were there, Thomas got one of these uh, shirts. They gave it to him, and on the back, you can't read it, but it says, follow me, I'm going to college. And the whole uh, point of their program and their consultation is to get kids ready for college, get grade school kids thinking that after high school comes college. And, in fact, one of the greatest stories he told my friend as he gave this keynote speech was one day when a, a troublemaker in his school was out wandering the halls, a kid named Javon, and, and my friend, his name's Damon, he was the principal, and he said he had a pretty bad attitude that day himself. And when he said to Javon in the hallways, he said, Javon, where are you going? And Javon said, Mr. Lopez, I'm going to college. <laughs> he knew that, were, uh, he th- knew that things were catching on. But on the front part of this, it's just you know excuse limit zero so that's the whole thinking and it was really great to be there with those guys they've been wanting me to come to one of their conferences and for Kyla as well Um, she got to be a little bit more part of the whole conference.
1: Here's a picture of Katie and I. Katie helped work the registration desk and the information desk with Damon. That's the keynote speaker, the principal that you heard James talk about. And his daughter, who's in fifth grade, they sat at the information desk and directed people towards the bathrooms and lost and found and stuff like that. So she got to be part of it and had her own name badge. So she felt important. I was able to help with registration a little bit. But I actually got to sit in on all of the workshops on, on behalf of being a parent and PTA and do- those different things, and really my heart came from it being at El Camino. Um, it is the lowest, perf- um, low- highest rate of socioeconomic whatever, highest rate of low socioeconomic of all the Goleta schools. Um, so it's not simply when we get up and we share about El Camino, it's not because our kids go there. It's where really our hearts cry out for the kids that go to school there. Um, so I wanted to, as an involved member and parent, know what this No Excuses University was about and really just coming back with that information and being retooled of how to engage our students and teachers and staff on what we can do and how we can help our kids look forward and achieve.
0: So retooling for ministry, we think it's something that was very beneficial for us. And we think it's something that all of us really ought to pay attention to. And so uh, we hope this will be a theme that continues in our lives. We've tried to pay close attention to that over these years of continually gaining new skills and retooling ourselves. But we hope that you will think along the same lines, what are the new things perhaps that God is wanting to teach you or ways that he's wanting to refine your gifts and your skills uh, for ministry. So, to continually be thinking about that. A second objective that uh, came through uh, that we wanted to really reach for was just to renew our spirits. And this was at a spiritual level, an emotional level, a physical level, really just to be renewed in body, mind, and soul. And, and so, we definitely got the chance to do uh, some of that. Part of it was on that zip line canopy tour that Kyla talked about. Uh, while we were were in Costa Rica. Here they are, and I'll let Kyla tell just a little story about...
1: You can go through. Um, I sent James ahead because I wasn't too sure about what the zip lines were all going to be about. And I said, can you go check it out and make sure it's safe and make sure our kids are going to be all right? And so he went ahead and he came back and he said, yeah, they said seven and nine, that's a good age. Well, they'll send them with a guide just so, you know, they're not zipping through the canopies all by themselves. And so we went and stood there and heard this. Um, And James went on ahead and started out and we decided to sandwich the kids between us and they hooked up James and he went off and you saw him and then they zipped up Thomas and sent him all by himself and I'm like, whoa, wait, I thought he was going with the guy and then they zipped up, hooked up Katie and sent her on and I'm like, oh no, well at least then I was next and I thought, well, I'll get to them when I get to the next platform because you can't see from one platform to the other because it's so far across the lush um, canopy but you go about four zip lines in before the whole party stops. And all on this huge, you know, metal grate up above the canopy floor. And then, okay, here we go again. And so it was a chance for me, especially those first ones, to just kind of go, okay, Lord, I trust you. Here they go. Um, But really after that, it was a delight and a renewal to be zipping through that and just looking down and not being able to see the floor below me because it was so lush and deep Um, and going over rivers and just enjoying God's beauty.
0: And then the guy looked at me and he said, want to do Superman? <laughs> and I said, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds good. And so he proceeded to make me turn around and take my cables, and I don't know what all he was doing, and then he suddenly just said, lean forward. So I did, and then he said, give me your legs. And this was all in Spanish, and I was hoping that I was understanding him correctly. <laughs> and, uh, So I did, and then suddenly we set off, and we were cruising through, sailing through, and I realized Superman flies like this, but this felt more natural. And suddenly he said, move your arm, and I said, what? And he said, move your arm, and I went, and right then a big old branch went right through there, and so I was glad I moved my arm, but uh, we became fast friends after that. And uh, I'll be modeling my helmet uh, later on as well.
1: Um, we were also able to go to Legoland. For those who have kids, you know that that is a destination in Southern California while well, we were down at Point Loma. So just a chance to renew our laughter and time with our kids and doing fun, crazy things.
0: We got to go to the San Diego Zoo as well, but we basically just we only took have pictures, pictures of, of animals,
1: animals. So you don't want to see that.
0: There's Katie driving the boat. We got to go to a Padres game. As you can see, they played the Dodgers. (laughs) And this was after the game. And my son, bless his heart, still has a smile on his face because the Padres won in the bottom of the ninth. But uh, we had a great time together uh, and met a good friend of mine from college who lives downtown in San Diego for dinner after the game. Uh, had a great time. And
1: then we eventually got to Idaho. Um, we were home for less than 24 hours on our way from San Diego to Idaho to unload and repack and ended up on the shores of the Payette Lake and just a chance, as you can see, just to sit back and enjoy the lake and play a little water uno.
0: And my family's had this cabin in McCall, Idaho for the last 30 years or so and and we go up there pretty much every summer and a great chance to kind of unplug and we thought this picture just showed a little bit of kind of the relaxing nature of that that uno water uno game though i'll just little tip it's not really supposed to be played in the water it's kind of it's waterproof but my kids shuffled they were playing on the dock and they shuffled and about half the cards or more fell into the lake so and they we sink s- yeah they sink we s- We spent about 20 minutes diving for uh, Uno Cards.
1: One of the things we also enjoy in McCall is campfires and s'mores. And I walked into the cabin and there was a cookbook about s'mores. And so I spent the first day just reading the cookbook. So we had a smorgasbord one night. James had um, chocolate chip cookies with raspberries and marshmallow chocolate very good very yummy this is the year of the smorgasbord so the next one is me enjoying brownies with um, raspberries fresh raspberries and marshmallow and chocolate i also went for the apricot and marshmallow and chocolate which i highly recommend for those who like apricots forget Um,
0: this graham cracker no we also like to ice skate there's a skating rink up there and we got to go out there this year there weren't a whole lot of people there so i got to pretend i was playing hockey and embarrass my whole family in front of the other 10 people that were there. Uh, we also, I, I have, we have bikes up there, and I got to ride my bike a lot. And um, I ended up forgetting, leaving my iPod at, in San Diego, at my parents' house in Temecula. And when I first discovered that, I was a little bit upset because I had planned to listen to it a little bit. Um, but I got over it on our drive to Idaho, realizing that perhaps God just wanted me to listen to him and uh, commune with him. So I had several long bike rides, it's about a 19 mile loop around the lake, and uh, up to this point was another, a little bit shorter, but several great bike rides just by myself out in the nature and being able to look at these uh, beautiful sights. And this, these pictures are taken with my, my phone, you know, so it's not a good camera, it's just a beautiful shot, it's just a beautiful scene. Um, so I'm sure but, Tony
1: Mac could get a much better picture. Yeah, I mean, but...
0: t- what could Tony Mac do with that? I mean. <laughs> It was not 80 degrees.
1: So we had to have fun with our kids as well, um, renewing. I mean, how can you not delight in that picture? When I read delight in the Lord, well, delight in that. Um, they got brave this year and let James just whip them around. There were a couple times where I was scared, um, and, yeah, they went a little higher than we thought. But <laughs> <laughs> trust in the Lord. Trust. Trust.
0: Renewing our spirits. Uh, I've had a few folks tell us that we look refreshed and renewed. I don't know if we do to you. We feel like it, and we're thankful for that opportunity. Again, body, mind, soul in a lot of great ways. And again, encouragement to all of us. Uh, Let's don't wait even, you know, 13 years. Let's don't wait a year. Let's don't, you know, wait even for the weekend, Let's, let's find that time, even within a day, even within uh, a week, even within a month, to find some time where God can refresh and renew our spirits. Let's do some different things. Let's, look. let's remember to laugh. Let's remember to smile. Let's remember to love each other well and love each other deeply, and our spirits will be renewed. A third objective was just building relationships, meeting people. And as you know, Kyle and I, we just love to meet people. We love uh, building new friendships and renewing old friendships. And uh, as we come home, we're just so excited again to be with friends and, and to be with family. But while we were away, we got to meet some really amazing people. We wanted to introduce some of them to you. Um, I think you know some of you know these first folks, uh, our family, and next to us are uh, Rodrigo and Emilia Chavarría and if you don't know them, that lady on the far right looks a whole lot like that lady right over there, and those are Laura's parents, they live in Costa Rica, and while we were there, uh, we got to spend some great time, Rodrigo, though he's a bit of a crazy driver, and he'll probably listen to this, and that's okay, he tamed it down for us, he said that his daughter told him that he needed to tame down his driving while we were there, so he did. We got to go to this bulk, uh, volcano, Volcan Poas and, and with them and see some great things. We're over for dinner to their house a couple of nights. Amelia took great care of our kids uh, at least two or three days a week while we were in class in the afternoon. Took them to the museums and to the swimming pools and all those kinds of things. So she got to practice her grandma's skills in anticipation of Josiah coming. And uh, so great time with uh, Rodrigo and Amelia. Anything you want to say about them? No. no. Okay. Do you want to talk about David? Sure.
1: Um, The man that we are with is, his name is David Campos, and he is from San Salvador. El Salvador. El Salvador. Um, and he works at the regional office there in San Jose as the assistant to the NYI director. So he works for the, reg- for the Central America region and, and Mexico helping the youth and the things like that. He, was, he came and presented um, during the week. We had chapel services and got to know the missionaries and different things like that. But he came and shared with us about his two-year missions trip to Jordan. Um, He went in and was able to blend in and he taught English and Spanish um, while he lived there for Jordan for two years and he would love to go back. And then he took us to an El Salvadorian restaurant and we got to enjoy pupusas. So it was a great cultural experience there.
0: Uh, This night uh, to Thomas, to your left, is a gal named Ruthie Cordova and she's a professor in the blue. She's a professor at the seminary and to our right is a gal named vanessa she's a church planter a pastor she's from nicaragua but she's planting a church in northern costa rica and uh, the second week we were there they had a church planters conference and so several uh, people who are planting churches around central america came in to be encouraged and trained and so we got to meet several of them and this particular night they all showed up wearing their costa rican soccer gear Uh, And so we thought it appropriate to take a good picture, but we had a great time with those ladies. And you can see Thomas enjoyed. This is me with several of the other uh, church planters. Uh, uh, One on the far left is from Nicaragua, middle from Costa Rica, and next to me is from Panama. And uh, we taught Eric on the far left, we taught him about the only English he knows. And his first sentence that I heard him say was, I am a Nazarene pastor. And so we, we taught him that. We had a great time. We played a lot of ping pong. It's the international language uh, of something. We, we played a lot of ping pong and just enjoyed teaching each other phrases and praying with each other and encouraging each other throughout that week. So a great experience of being with those guys. For
1: um, well, we were in San Diego. The gentleman with Katie and Thomas was my pastor when I was a kid. Um, so as we saw him, it was such a great relationship to build because he knew my mom. And my mom was on his church board and involved in ministry there. And so he was able to um, just communicate with them, and he actually gave them $5 each on behalf of their grandma Karen to go get a smoothie. Um, so it was just really neat for them to meet him and take a picture with him.
0: Yeah, and the guy is, I think in his 80s, and he just planted a new church um, in Phoenix, Sun City, among all the retirees. So he's plant- he planted a new church. He's awesome. Uh, while we were at the No Excuses University Conference, I got to perform some pastoral duties and do an impromptu baby dedication. Uh, this is Damon. You remember the, the co-founder of Turnaround Schools and his wife, Lara, and their baby, Ava. They have four little girls. Uh, Ava's the youngest and hadn't been dedicated yet. Um, you can see Damon and his wife Laura on the far right. Uh, my roommate is, and his wife are standing next to Kyla and I. And then in the middle uh, is, is da- Damon and Danny's, sorry you don't, there won't be a quiz, uh, their sister Aubrey and her husband Graham. I had the privilege of doing all of their weddings just through the years. And so really special to be back with them and kind of rekindle and rebuild that, those friendships together. Um,
1: well, and not only those friendships, on the, but on the back side of the camera were ten kids. All of our kids establishing that relationship. And we pulled away from several just relationship times this summer going, our kids are meeting um, new friends as well. Um, we got to Idaho and...
0: Yeah, here's another uh, great relationship. Every year when we go to Idaho, our, I have a friend from childhood that, uh, that when I lived there as a, as a young child, our families have always been close, so we've invited them to come up and see us each summer for a weekend. And they have two twin boys, uh, I don't know which one's which, Kate and Drew, and then their young son, AJ, and so they came up and we had a great time. They're Thomas's age, Kate and Drew. Uh, we have to ask them each morning who's who, and we have a great time with them. But their parents, their names Tony and Ray, just great friends that we can just share our lives with, and we really enjoyed. That time as well, and then of course got to play a little bit of golf. Uh, another more intergenerational. My dad on the far left got to spend a couple of days with them, and then another father-son duo on the right. I've talked, I've told stories about the guy on the far right before in some of my sermons. He's he's the 71-year-old who uh, is just an amazing water skier and snow skier, and just drags me around whenever I go up there, and I'm like his. I'm like his buddy, his his playmate. We just hang out when I get there. Bob Wood and his son Rick, we had a great time with those guys. And then as we started our trek home, we got to see my cousin there in the middle with their week-old baby on that day, uh, Caitlin Kinsler, and uh, their 18-month-old, Sydney, who Kyla is holding on to, and she's holding on to Katie's hair. And we had a great time seeing them as well.
1: Um, our very last stop before we landed in Santa Barbara was in San Luis Obispo um, with the Browns, Josh and Kathy Brown. Josh was here several years ago and shared his testimony, but this couple is special to me. They kind of stepped in when my mom was about to pass away and said, we'll take your girls and they'll be ours, so that's mom and dad for me, um, Grandma, Grammy and Papa for Katie and Thomas and their three girls, junior high, high school, and off to college as of Wednesday, but just a chance for the kids to jump in the pool after being in the car for two days, share about our summer, and have them give us big hugs and prayers as we drove the last 100 miles home.
0: So uh, we were reminded, uh, we knew it already, but we learned it again, that, that relationships are essential. They're, they're so foundational to who we are as people, to who we are as the church, as God's people. And so we celebrate just the chances that we had. And again, thank you for the opportunity to rekindle these relationships and to build new ones. And again, as we come home, we're so thankful that we come home to a place where we have such close friendships. And we got to see a few of you as we arrived back on Friday and Saturday. And what a blessing that was and as we see you. And we'll get to spend time in the weeks to come. Uh, looking forward to really reconnecting in a, in a beautiful way as we move forward. So, uh, again, the challenge, the encouragement, is not to miss the people that are all around you. Uh, whether the relationships that you've had for years and years and years, and may take for granted at some level, or those that may be brand new, uh, potential friends, that God may be cro- having your paths crossed for a reason. Pay attention. Listen and learn and and look for the ways that God might be connecting you in some new ways. The fourth objective that we don't really have any pictures to share about because we weren't here uh, is just this, that, that God's people would be released for ministry in a new way this summer. And so one of the goals of being gone on sabbatical is, quite honestly, to get out of the way so that more of the folks of the church can discover and discern new ways of God's leadership in their own lives, new levels of gifting, new opportunities for ministry, and for, for, for the whole church to experience those gifts as well. And so uh, we have heard great stories about the things that went on while we were gone here this summer. And we have, we have uh, had great conversations with a few of you already. And we are so excited and so thankful about how God led in some new ways some, some people to explore some new places of ministry and to be released in some new ways, primarily because we got out of the way. And uh, So I want to say thank you to those of you who really stepped forward in some, in some fresh ways. I want to say thanks to Pastor Jake and to Pastor Danny and their families. Let's give them a round of applause. You bet. I also want to say thanks to Becky, she's in childcare today, but my sister who spoke on a Sunday, um, to Josh, who spoke out in, in Carpentria, um, and also to our dear brother Rolf, bless you man, for the last three Sundays, Just give these guys a great hand. There was a time when I had a long list of, you know, guest speakers that I was planning to bring in, and then I met with Jake and Danny at one point, and we just said, you know, We got all we need right here. And uh, it was indeed true, as I've heard uh, just the word of God being proclaimed. And also for our church board who were challenged to step forward into new levels of leadership and responsibility as well, just a great big thank you uh, to you as well. Kyla?
1: I just want to say thank you, um, first of all, for Vacation Bible School. I know that's my passion, but Donna carried on and everybody else in Carpinteria, so thank you to Donna um, and the whole Carpinteria team for Vacation Bible School. It's amazing, even last night, being down there, hearing the stories of Um, things that went on there. What a great thing to know that went on in our absence and it was successful and everything like that. The other thing was is before I left I made an IKA list in Kyla's absence and I was able to farm that out to several people so thanks to Sherry for being part of that and Donna and Laura and Andrea and Kristen Kirkmeyer and anybody else who kind of did some part of what I do. I don't know but thanks for doing that and hopefully some of these people will want to keep doing it so i don't have to (laughs) pick it back up but i'm really thankful that allowed me to just kind of rest and relax and um, be at peace during that time yeah
0: so um this is a continuing theme as kyla kind of referred to we we never want to be the bottleneck of ministry and that's the greatest fear and the greatest tragedy that that happens in way too many churches excuse me, I'm not crying, I'm <clears throat> I, I, I could at this moment, because that's the greatest tragedy that happens in way too many churches, that pastors think that they're the ones to do the ministry. And so they just kind of have everything come through them, and it creates this tremendous bottleneck of ministry, and instead of, of just flowing out to the world, it all has to come through us. Uh, we're, we're told in Ephesians that, that as pastors we are to be equippers of the saints, that the body of Christ might be built up, and so uh, we want to more than ever continue in this theme of releasing, equipping, setting you free, supporting, cheering you on, encouraging, resourcing you in whatever ways we can, so that we all might discover and discern what it means to truly be the ministers of Christ in the body of Christ and in the world. So, uh, release. (laughs) Release, <laughs> and let's continue to be released into ministry. Let's pray together, can we? God, thank you so much for, uh, for the chance to share this morning about an amazing summer for our family. And, and God, while we've given thanks to this congregation, this amazing team of leaders, and the foresight that was shown, we believe, in, in uh, providing this kind of time, we we give thanks to you, most of all, that you have brought all the pieces together. You have made it to be what we could never have manipulated or even anticipated it to be, both for us and for our church. And now, God, together as the body of believers, together as a family of God, the, the body of Christ, we look forward to where you're going to lead us with great expectation and with great anticipation. And we do uh, trust in you. Father, we do want to delight ourselves in you and in what you're doing. We want to commit ourselves completely to your plan and to your purposes for our lives and for our church. But perhaps most of all, as we come from this season, God, and we move into a season that perhaps will be filled with some more activity, we want to remember to rest and to be still in you knowing that it is only when you move, it is only when your Holy Spirit leads and guides and blesses and acts in ways that we never could, that your plans and your purposes, your greatest uh, plans and purposes are accomplished. And so we trust in you and we rest in you even today. Reign in us, O Lord. We give you thanks. And all the people said? Amen. Amen and amen. Let's stand together, shall we? If you want to see more pictures, come on over. I'll show them to you anytime. Let's sing together.